WandaVision uh, filmed in front of a live studio audience of people cosplaying the decade that they're watching. We have recently <laughs> learned is how the show WandaVision. Did I say WandaVision or did I say WandaVision? Vision? You said WandaVision. Oh, we're going to get <laughs> there was sued so hard. My yeah, name the is lawyer, Ben Wynn. lawyers are calling me. <laughs> And that right there is Justin Barron. Justin, hey, hi, how are I'm, you? I'm uh, already fielding calls, so uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're legal. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then finally joining us, he's a real person. He's not just our girlfriend from Canada. It's Andy Perkins. <laughs> oh, how's it going, Mary? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Hello, friends. Oh my gosh, the the long, especially uh, if if you're a Disney Plus plus Ben plus friends listener, you're like. Andy is real. Although you should have listened to Here the Iron Man episode and known he was real. All yeah, long. I was there. Yeah. I popped yeah. in the same. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, obviously, it's been a week since the WandaVision finale ended. I I could lie to you and say that we uh, wanted to give you time to sit with it. Uh, we needed to decompress. We just couldn't find time to record <laughs> until, until now. So, what, we, mm-hmm. what we've discussed and we think is the best way to do this is we are going to pretty quickly up top kind of discuss the final episode wrap it up and then we're going to do sort of a post-mortem on the entire season of television and talk about our favorite parts what worked the best and what we think is coming next now that we've seen all of the pieces of this particular puzzle so uh this this finale uh, which was called series finale which certainly implies there won't be a season two although this ended up being the most watched show like since Game of Thrones. I'm gonna, I'm so curious to see if they find some way to make a season two of sorts. I like my my parents don't watch Marvel stuff, and they watched this, and they keep saying, hmm. "Gosh, I hope there's a season two. I I, I don't know. I, Disney has a way of finding the the way to make more money, and uh, you know, I, I think they'll come through on this, but. For now, we believe this to be the series finale of of WandaVision. Um, in short, what happened is uh, after, after the big reveal that uh, Agnes was Agatha, we got a big witchy showdown. We had some wand, uh, some some Vision on Vision uh, action, as D- Justin very smartly called. Um, we got the the very bizarre handling of the Theatro. Uh, what is it ricky boner was that his name uh, rich i think it was was it rich or richard or something like that yeah it's richard so his name's dick boner? i think it was dick boner yeah i think wow. i think that sounds even, right okay there we go all right uh in a, in a family television show it was something uh, real dumb yeah. i don't know what it was uh we gotta get to that because that what uh yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. uh monica is now fully actualized as Photon spectrum, whatever. They're clearly not in any rush to name her, which is very name TBD. Yeah, <laughs> uh, kicking that can down the road, uh, and 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 then just a, a beautiful send off where where as we predicted, uh, Wanda had to make a very large sacrifice, and there was some real catharsis attached to it, and then a, two uh, post credit stingers that set up e- even more so uh, Doctor Strange two. 
yeah so broadly guys how did you guys feel about the finale how did you feel about the final episode as as an, a standalone entity andy we haven't heard from you at all yet on this show so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw the ball to you Hit first it. all right all right well uh yeah i liked it uh i i found it uh, a satisfying conclusion it uh it delivered a lot of promises um ex- I think, except for the Fiatro uh, reveal, um, but everything else was was pretty much, um, you know, we got an exciting power battle um, between two pa- very powerful witches, which was great. Uh, I loved the how the vision battle concluded, the fact that they're like oh, just throwing thought gosh. experiments back and forth to each other, yes. <laughs> and like I I think that is exactly like I. I personally didn't expect it, but I was glad that it happened. I agree uh, that that ship of Theseus, like, <laughs> like paradox, yeah. you know, like rap battle that they had mm-hmm. uh, was awesome. That was so yeah. cool. I'm always a big fan of superheroes winning with their brain, which is why I contest mm. that Dr. Strange one has one of the best endings of the entire MCU. Mm. Um, it's why, even though I know it's a weird, I don't want to start a whole other side conversation, but I know I know Wonder Woman 2 was a very weird, polarizing movie, but I did really like that, spoilers for Wonder Woman 1984, that it ends with a conversation, like she wins with a conversation and, and changing a mm-hmm. mind, and Vision did that here with Vision, and uh, I'm with you, I liked, I liked that a lot, and it was unexpected. What? Yeah, and I think it's it's also a, just a testament to like knowing your opponent, <laughs> like right, which that, which he certainly was... did. Yeah, I there's a, Futurama's like maybe my favorite TV show ever, and there's this great Futurama yeah. quote, which is uh, now now perfectly symmetrical violence never solved anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Watch out. <laughs> like knowing knowing exactly what to say to get your opponent to yeah, like either stop fighting or be so confused or overwhelmed with knowledge that they just can't engage anymore they have to fly away and disappear right well and i think the implication that i really enjoyed was that vision the only difference between those two visions is is our vision has lived and loved and the idea that life and love made him superior enough that he was able to literally know himself and what he would need to hear in order to be you know the victor of that I guess fight, so to speak. Yeah, um, and so I, I thought brain battle. There was a really nice implication there. I thought that that life and love and and just being in the world and learning uh, causes you to to be a better person. Uh, Justin, what were your favorite parts of the finale, or how'd you feel in general? I shouldn't assume that you liked it. No, I mean I, I should because it was pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't tell you too many of my favorite parts just because I I I think I'll want to save time just to talk about the entirety of the show but i will say i you know i think they stuck the landing i think it was such a complex show that um had a very gratifying ending and i know that it wasn't as zany as out there as so many people had like had come to expect after some of the big twists and shockers throughout the season but i thought it was perfectly uh fitted to to this show about Wanda and Vision, and um, yeah, yeah, I mean, there were a few wobbles, I think, but uh, uh, overall, I, uh, you know, I'll remember this as the strongest, uh, well, the only uh, MCU show at the moment, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, e- no, 
have they decanonized Agents of Shield? Not yet. I think with the, but, but with the Darkhold yeah, being where it yeah, is. Yeah, that's that's what I gotta yeah. think is yeah. the Darkhold is a kind of a weird hiccup in that continuity so yeah. unless agents of shield is like on its own in its own alternate universe in the mcu which they kind of apparently did with like the last two seasons there but technically the dark hold was before that so i i don't know what they're doing I, yeah who knows certainly the, the only of this new batch of disney plus which is going to be really aggressively tied to the movies you know yeah. in, a, in a way that yeah. hasn't been before uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. So I, I'd say I'm going to save probably my, my biggest part for our discussion of the season as a whole. But I, I, I will say that I found the finale to be emotionally very satisfying. There was some much earned and deserved catharsis in it. I thought there were some wobbles. I um, I liked it a lot. I think it was probably my least favorite standalone episode, but that's the great part of episodic storytelling is that it's all one whole thing, right? And um, I, I, I thought that hmm, I, I, while I do think that the internet spiraled a little out of control with some of the conspiracy theories and and where it was going, I think throughout this season, our listeners could probably can attest that you and I have have called the show to to maybe um i think we pushed the show to try to have a couple of big reveals and in the end it didn't really have any and that to me was disappointing i thought that was a bizarre choice uh especially when some of our asks were as little as like a character shows up for one line or or someone says the word mutant or you know like i think some of the like people who were like Oh, it, it's it's still gonna be Mephisto. Even like when there was one episode left, it was like, no, dude, like there is not time to introduce another villain in this season of television. But yeah, I, so I, I do think it's a miss that there wasn't really any twist because the Scarlet Witch, even though it was treated as a twist, that's not really a twist. I mean, you know, if you go to Wikipedia, Wanda Maximoff it says AKA Scarlet Witch. You know, um, so I, I I guess that that was maybe the one disappointment to me again like i want to be really clear because I, I hate toxic fan culture where you're where headcanon dictates everything i'm saying i think it's disappointing that there wasn't a single twist i don't even need it to be my twist or the twist i wanted i, I wish there had been one twist but all the wandavision stuff was uh just beautiful um the scene where they're saying uh goodbye to the the boys was heart-wrenching and uh the post-credit stinger makes me very excited for um for Doctor Strange 2, I mean, it was a very effective ad in that regard. Uh, yeah, so so really wonderful uh, episode in general. My least favorite of the whole season, but that just speaks to how high level of quality was that I would still say this was a great episode of television that I could see myself re-watching without a question, uh, even if it was my least favorite. So, yeah, so I think kudos all around from us so let's do a little post-mortem on wandavision let's discuss the season as a whole using our infinity gauntlet format so we're going to talk about uh in in each category of stone what we thought was the biggest example of it throughout the season so um we'll start things off with time so the time stone is best use of period best use of era and i will start by saying that I thought the theme songs and introductions were the best use of time 
throughout. It was uh, just a great show. Watching all the different periods, to me, was the best part of the show and the most engaging part of the show. But I thought that the way that the music changed throughout eras, uh, if there's a really great di- little, I guess not really great, in a very interesting uh, behind-the-scenes hour-long documentary on Disney+, Plus called Assembled, that's behind the scenes of WandaVision, specifically how they made it. And uh, there's some very interesting looks. And the one part that I did think was really great and really captivating was they interview the composers and talk to them about their method and how they hid a little. There's an interval of four notes that they sprinkled throughout all the theme songs that you may have even missed. And, you know, their goal was for it to be almost subperceptual. And uh, I just thought all the different eras and theme songs were, were, were just wonderful. How about how did you guys enjoy the theme songs? I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have the WandaVision, WandaVision, just kind of like playing on a loop uh, for the past couple of months in my brain. Uh, so maybe, are those the four notes? <laughs> yeah, 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 that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's definitely yeah. just been stuck in my head for a long time now. Uh, yeah, I loved, um, you know, being a, a sitcom fan myself, I loved uh, kind of the inspiration that they pulled. And honestly, it was it's a testament to those actors as yes, well, like the yes. entire ensemble to, but especially, um, you know, uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and, and Paul Bettany to be able to carry that emotional arc through so many different styles over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was outstanding. And honestly, they should win awards for it because it was uh, it was just outstanding what they were able to do uh, while still staying true to their characters, but jumping episode by episode through different styles of acting um, and uh, and an increasingly um, you know uh, escalating plot line. Yeah. Um, but I also really liked the care that went into it on the production side. Because uh, I was uh, looking at some stuff as well, and even the aspect ratio shifted. Like if we were outside of the hex or inside the hex, and depending on like when, um, w- what era it was, like if the um, like the bewitched had a certain aspect ratio, but then we went into the future and it, it morphed and changed and and uh, adapted. And so that's Wanda, right? That's what we're led to believe is that Wanda is even controlling the aspect ratio yeah. of how this show is presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is is pretty specific and I love it. <laughs> yes, I, awesome. I, I absolutely love that as well. And um, in that documentary, you know, they discuss the director of photography really going into you know great lengths of studying the previous styles and things like that. And, and it shows. I mean, you can tell they put in the work in it and it really shows. I agree, not to backpedal too much, but with your comment that they should be uh, given awards. I I would really like, you know, I I think people, I think we're all three on the same camp of this, that people can be snarky and elitist about genre fiction and they shouldn't be. And um, I hope that this show gets a lot of Emmy nominations next season. It it deserves it. And I hope, I hope it will. The fact that the Mandalorian has seen a few gives, gives me hope, but I I would really hope that both Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen both end up with best actor in a comedy nominations personally. Uh, Justin, what was yeah. your favorite use of time throughout the season of WandaVision? Yeah. Um, I, I love, uh, you know, I love the intros as well, but to divvy things up a little bit, I'm going to actually talk about the costuming and the hair, yes. which was so perfect. 
and you know, even more so looking at that at that uh, behind the scenes thing, uh, what's it called, assembled mm-hmm. uh, last week. Just going into like the thought of uh, there's a part where Paul Bettany talks about his butt, his uh, yeah, his, his like, fake butt, but yeah. his fake butt. It's like super like flat, um, which was just such a yeah, that's such a thing. Like back then, like these men had just like sl- like just uh, what's this? straight straight uh, uh, you know silhouettes silhouettes. Thank you. Um, mm. Yeah, I just uh, the little details like that, and, and you know, I mean, it speaks for itself. I'm not gonna sit here and harp about it too much, but yeah. about his butt, <clears throat> about his butt, and about the rest of also the costuming and the hair, but specifically the right. butt. Yeah, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic work. Yeah, the butt was my reality stone because it pulled me out of reality, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not Paul <laughs> Bettany's butt. <laughs> Have you all seen a Knight's Tale? Yeah, yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, you've seen Chaz's yeah, we, butt. We've seen, we've seen yeah. Bettany's butt. <laughs> More like Paul Buttony, am I right? Yeah, you are right. You hey. called it. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the Space Stone. So this is our favorite use of visual space, the visual medium, maybe a set piece, maybe a specific uh, visual choice. I'm going to go with uh, in the 2000s, Malcolm in the Middle episode, which was, I think <laughs> if I had to pick my favorite episode of the season for for several reasons. Um Vision and Wanda's throwback costumes were so wonderful and watching Vision in his throwback costume walking down the street ending up at the cul-de-sac watching like really taking in the horror of what his wife is doing I thought that was the most compelling visual storytelling of the entire season I loved it I thought that when this show was at its absolute best was when it was blending period-specific sitcom and borderline horror sci-fi. And uh, this episode was, to me, the, the best distillation of that. And so, yeah, that that scene where Vision in his brightly colored throwback is is realizing how tortured <laughs> these people are. I, I, I just thought mm-hmm. um, just really stunning visual storytelling. Andy, how about you? What's your pick for the Space Stone? Yeah, I think for me, it's going to be the moment uh, that Monica Rambeau just pushes her way into the hex and the visuals that accompanied that of her being surrounded by all of that energy. But then also, like, we get these flashes of her past. And I think we even get some voiceovers from Carol Danvers and her mom and maybe Nick Fury. Did I make that up? I don't know. I remember that. Yeah, probably. We definitely got uh, some but, Carol Vivers and her mom, yeah. Yeah, um, and so it's it was just the one thing I wish we would have gotten more of throughout the whole of WandaVision was more Monica backstory. Yeah, uh, because I there was we got glimpses of some some waters running deep, right? Of like a history and obviously the the connection with her mom, and you know when we meet her she has just gone through a very traumatic experience and uh you know wanda gets we get to kind of flesh out wanda's trauma uh, throughout the course of the show because obviously it's her show um but i would have loved to dig into monica's just a little bit more so that we can have a deeper connection with her especially since they're setting her up uh for a future 
in in the MCU. But I loved I loved that moment. Uh, I love kind of it was almost like a gauntlet of <laughs> these bad memories flooding her mind, and she just kept pushing through. I, I just felt like the the cinematography, the acting, the visuals, um, the the sound of it all, and then her finally pushing through and the, the glowing eyes. I was just like I was sitting in my living room and I just went yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> Yeah, any any interaction with the Hex really was so well done because, I mean, think you know, as an actor, think about, like, they're like, okay, and now push through this undefined, vague bubble thing. But, you you know, like, like yeah, yeah, that takes really great direction and vision and acting, I mean, from all angles, and then to actually pull off the special effects. And just to kind of bounce off that real quick, looking at those behind-the-scenes shots where you have Elizabeth Olsen acting with, Paul Bettany, whose face is painted blue with little like motion yes, captured dots yes. all over his face. And they're having these like emotional, deep, connected scenes. Yeah. And that even just takes the acting skill up another level to be able to commit to that and believably do so while you're looking at someone who looks that ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, you know, considering that I mean, that's gravy when you consider the fact that for the you know for Endgame, they were all staring up at these two little googly eyes on that were supposed to be Thanos. <laughs> so you're giving like these emotional deliveries to Josh Brolin, but you're looking at these two googly eyes a foot above his head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's much much worse. Um, Justin, yeah, what would be what would be your space stone winner? Yeah, for me, uh, let's see the space stone. All right, so it's a little out of left field. Um, you know, when we see Wanda, she's driving uh, a Buick, and I gotta say that that Buick is probably the best prop in the whole show. Um, okay. You know, it's just like, why does she drive a Buick? I'm just kidding, by the way. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's got a thesis. Let's go. Yeah. Can't no, wait. but for real, that was like the weirdest thing to me. <laughs> like, Tony Stark drives an Audi. And then she has to go to the DMV or to the dealership and just get herself a Buick. Um, I just love that in the final episode, it like flies into the house, just like crashes yeah, into the house. Chekhov's Buick. Well, yeah. What yeah, does she exactly. get paid to be an Avenger? Like what's, is there a stipend, know, a per diem? Like what does she get? <laughs> it's so true. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I would say my favorite in general, just any, any set that grounded us in the MCU reality felt really, really good to me. It felt like home to me. And so, um, you know, the pop-up, the pop-up tents and all the stuff, the, the, the fort they had out there, but specifically just this final episode, this big all-out battle uh, with Wanda and with White Vision and with, uh, you know, Agatha and everybody, and the moment where she, you know, makes the runes in the sky, yeah. it, it just, it was such a fantastic uh, battle um, and specifically seeing her in the Scarlet Witch, uh, costume, you know, uh, uh, sealed the deal for me there. But I guess in general, I'm just saying in any moment that, that grounded us in MCU reality, uh, really was the best sets, I suppose, to me. <clears throat> sure. And I think that that's why that, that fourth episode, yeah, the fourth one, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, was, was so compelling and and what was like oh wow yeah yeah okay like now that you're hooked now you're interested in this as a period specific sitcom we're gonna give you a full dose of uncut mcu yeah. and, and that, yeah. that was fantastic 
So those were things that we really liked. Let's change pace just a little bit. And I want to talk about reality. Let's talk about the reality stones. These are things that pulled you out, things that didn't quite work, um, plot holes, etc. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to put this here because I think we mostly feel really positive. So this way we started talking positive. We'll end talking positively. But this is this this is the space for uh, for nitpicking. This is this is where we pick nits. Um so, you know, I, I, I said that I, I ultimately feel like the big miss of the show was you have this mystery box show that that is unfolding and, and, and really doing a really great job of paying off so many things that get introduced. I think throughout the season, we've compared it a lot to Lost. And uh, I, I think in a positive way, I think it has paid off a lot of mysteries better than lost did you know i think the really great example early on is like the i think it was the second episode ends with the beekeeper and you're like what in the world is this and you find out two episodes later you know they did a really good job with it but to me to me the fact that there was not any external mcu twist at all is is just a it's just a miss uh, for me it's just objectively a miss it doesn't mean i have to dislike the show it doesn't mean i have to be disappointed with the show but i you know in internally we you know of course like watched agnes end up being the big bad be agatha that was very interesting internally we watched the origin of monica rambo photon pulsar spectrum they're being very cagey about what her name i in the documentary they call her monica rambo every time like they i kept waiting for like <laughs> someone to slip up and be like pulsar you know and like but like they're really keeping that tight lip which is interesting i'm sure they're saving it for uh for i guess captain marvel too probably but uh, i just thought i mean like maybe this is where we can kind of talk about dick boner i i, I like <laughs> to introduce mutants in a way into the consciousness of the f MCU, but then not, uh, and then also not really explain it or describe it. I, I don't know. T to me, there are just some whiffs there. H how do you guys feel about, n not necessarily asking for your reality stones, but my, my complaint as far as like, am, am I being too... Am I asking too much of this show or, or how, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I, I like, uh, what I love to do is get on TikTok and look at all the people responding to WandaVision on TikTok. Cause I just like to scroll through and, and watch all the Andy reactions. Is our, our resident Gen Z correspondent. <laughs> That's right. This elder millennial is on TikTok <laughs> and loves it. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and so listening to all of that, uh, and then also kind of thinking about it on my own, I, I think it's interesting that this is the first like dedicated MCU TV series. Yes. And because of that, I wonder if Marvel is using it in a different way than they would use a movie as far as storytelling goes. And so while I, I think I did end that episode at the very end a little bit, disappointed of like oh i was hoping there would be like a big reveal of something or um a better payoff with the fietro um but i'm also curious if maybe they are just planting these little seeds now 
because they're always going to be saving the big moments for the cinematic moments. Sure. Um, and so that's that was my only thought regarding that is that I'm not. It was disappointing, but I can almost understand from a studio perspective and from a storytelling perspective why they would save some of that right. for the movie. And you also make an interesting point by reminding us that it's the first one because there's no way they could have known it was going to be this big. And I bet mm-hmm. if they had known it was going to be this big, they might have done that calculus a little differently. Like their thought is, well, we can't do a big reveal on WandaVision because not enough eyes will be on it. But now right. they know like, oh, no, actually, we were incorrect about that you know like there's no way they thought this was going to be the biggest like obviously they would hope but there's no way from like a marketing budgeting perspective that they were like yeah this really niche weird sci-fi comedy is going to be the biggest show in the world for eight (laughs) weeks there's no way they thought that there's and 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 of course they did i mean and to be honest with you i don't think it would have been the biggest show if it wasn't for this pandemic if it wasn't for the fact that we haven't had any big blockbuster Marvel or really much of anything in the last year. So of course everyone's turned to streaming hungry. Everyone has started getting Disney plus for Mandalorian for that kind of stuff. And now, yeah, I mean, you're hungry, so you need something cultural to talk about. And of course, I mean, like, I think, I think it was a huge success in part because we're all stuck at home. Yeah. Yeah, don't under don't underestimate the power of a bunch of quarantined yeah, nerds. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, yeah, will come out yeah. real quick just to give my two cents on that. Yeah, um, tell me. I uh, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I think it, they could have done they could have done something to tie in the mutants. But to be honest with you, I'm still in the party that I think it's it's much too early. I think I mean personally, I think it's too early. But also just I mean when they were developing these these ideas for WandaVision, this was. Two years ago, I mean, this was, they barely finished the deal with X-Men. I mean, they have movies and shows planned out. They are, like, I mean, we're talking four movies a year and four to six shows a year for the next three to four years. I mean, mentioning anything with mutants now would honestly just feel like it's too early. I feel like we're not going to see any of that come to fruition for five years. So personally, I think you just got to wait it out a little longer um yeah How, what were some reality also, things for you guys for me um uh mine, mine are much smaller um for me like you know most most superhero shows in general let's just start there most superhero shows are filled with unnecessary content filled with filler you know we're talking like CW shows where they're 22 episodes and I need to watch the first two and the last two to really get the mm-hmm. story. Um, the immortal iron fist on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we're going to the Netflix shows. Yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of just filler in there. Uh, agents of shield is <laughs> nothing, usually nothing but filler, but you know, they, they've fixed it a little bit and made shorter seasons. This show, however, was nothing but, you know, it, it was, there was no filler. I mean, in my opinion, um, but there were like a few moments and three specifically that I can think of that felt just dragged out for the sake of the plot. And the first one was that stork moment that we talked about mm-hmm. uh, from like episode three, where, you know, <clears throat> Monica is monologuing and there's this stork bit going on. And it just felt like a weird cut to me. That's just a nitpicky thing. Um, but the last two that felt a bit more 
you know, well, we need this to happen for the plot, uh, were in the final two episodes where a vision just goes on some sort of journey with Darcy and it feels like they're just trying to get rid of him. I'm like, what is he doing out there? And then it takes him a whole episode and a half to even get back to the center of town. For me, that was just a weird, like, we need to get rid of Vision until we have something for him to do, because he can't get in the way of this Ag Agatha and Wanda story. I understand. It just felt like such a... <clears throat> I was like, what? I, I, it didn't buy it, I guess. Yeah, they tried to hand wave it. There was, like, one line where he was like, it's almost like she's trying to keep us away. or You know, like... like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, oh, wait, the fact that you called attention to it now makes me <laughs> even more Right, right. Out. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other one was Fiatro related. Um, I, you know, whatever. He's Dick Boner. I don't really care, to be honest with you. Uh, what I did care more about was the fact that he somehow overpowered so, Monica okay, and yeah. kept her in the attic for a whole episode. I was That's like, what? what? That, mm -hmm. uh, like, shelving my feelings about mutants and things like that. I just thought it was weird that, like, the the way in which... if here's the problem is you can't untie the fourth wall meta choice to have evan peters play that character right right, right but right. even even when you really try that character doesn't make any sense and it was a really really weird set of choices like to have someone who's not her brother be her brother but she knows it's her brother is very odd already that's very clunky bizarre storytelling that doesn't totally add up and then it turns out he's just a random citizen who has been repurposed and i guess probably was given powers somewhere somewhere as a mix between agatha and wanda he kind of has powers in the sense that he can overtake monica but then it turns out it's the necklace also like that there was on the the penultimate episode we had like the stinger where he sneaks up on monica so that she ends up kind of talking to your complaint of pacing. Like it was like, it was almost like they were like, Oh, well shoot. Where's Monica in this? Ah, ah, we already wrote these two episodes where, uh, he puts her in the attic. And you, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. that, that bothered me in a separate way more than the lack of any kind of mutant reveal or how they actually handled the like fourth wall breaky stuff was just that like the, the story arc of, Fiatro to me was very clunky and I still I think it was I think they flew too close to the sun I think they were it was too cute yeah. and it doesn't really ultimately make sense when you think about it uh maybe one of the listeners is screaming at their phone being like yes it does <laughs> but I would argue that it doesn't totally land uh Andy how, what's your reality stone yeah, I, I think it's in the same camp it is the Fiatro stuff um I can buy that he was able to overpower Monica in that moment because she probably didn't even know she had powers at that point. Um, it, it was, and even if she did, she doesn't quite know how to summon them, how to use them, um, at least not enough to overcome him, who I guess he, he got his powers from the enchanted necklace. Is that what we're supposed to land that? Like the Puka Shell necklace gave him um, yeah so yeah. i i think my my big problem is that there was a promise made right whenever he was he showed up at the door the the writers the producers whoever made a promise to us that that was going to mean something and may and it didn't no, it ultimately was a bad faith promise yeah yeah and 
maybe that's Marvel saying, hey, chill out with the fan theories. Like maybe that's their indirect way of saying, chill out, not everything means sure, something. Sure, sure. Of course, then that's me reading into it and forming a fan theory about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what, Justin? No, I'll just say, and they, they've done that before. If you remember, I mean, mm-hmm. they like to razz the audience a bit like that. You know, remember the Captain America one where you, you waited after the credits and then he gets to the end and he's like, you know, sometimes things are disappointing. <laughs> he's like, right, sometimes right, right, you right. shouldn't wait around or whatever yeah, he said. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's that. This one seemed huge right it seemed like it was about to be a giant reveal with universe shifting implications and i think that's why we were all excited about the possibility it's a character that shows up in four episodes of a nine episode season yeah it's different for sure yeah Yeah. um and then i also i i mean i think that um even if it was something else like even if the payoff was different than what we were expecting but just to have it be (laughs) a random guy like with a headshot yeah yeah um i think that was the disappointing part is that it could have been something unexpected that maybe we 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 didn't see coming but still tied into the fact that this guy was chosen very specifically because he played this character in a different movie um you know the same reason that spoilers for the 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 Spider-Man movie, but the same reason that it was so exciting to see J. Jonah Jameson at the end, right? It was like, oh, it's him. Yes. Um, and that was that. You know, they they delivered because that was they, he was playing the same character. Um, so this just felt a little. It was either a middle finger or a swing and a miss, and I I don't know what what to make of it. Justin. <laughs> Uh, real quick, I just wanted to say um, two things. Number one, uh, I just remembered it's Ralph Boner because her husband was named Ralph. Okay, I, um, oh, we that's kept right, saying that's right. Dick Boner, and I was like, that seems crass for Disney Plus. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but number two, um, I completely agree with you guys. I, you know, I do think it was it was a weird choice, and I, I it, it created a lot of it created a lot of internet rumors, and it got a lot of hype going for the show. But ultimately, it just felt like. A really bit, uh, big letdown in that way. That being said, I let it be known for the record. I will always, I will keep saying it over and over again. I'm glad it was a letdown because I want nothing. I, I did not want Evan Peters Quicksilver from the from the Fox universe mm. coming into this world. I and and I'm still with you on that. That's not what I wanted it to be either. Uh, I know, I know. And I know. and he was so good. He was so good as the Uncle Jesse type character. One one more really fast. I'm just gonna yeah. throw it out there, and I know you're gonna agree with me. Uh, Hayward ended up being very flat and very phase one, uh, one dimensional, boring, yeah, just evil, cigar chewing oh. supervillain, and you know, disappointing, disappointing. I, real quick, I, yes. I just wanted to, I wanted to give like how I would have done it, if you will. Um, Great. <clears throat> I personally, um, I think Monica should not have been captured by Fiatro. I think she should have. The, the military maybe breached or something was happening on the outskirts. She has to go take care of that. She goes and has a confrontation with Hayward out there. Meanwhile, Fietro is running amok here and he's helping out uh, Agatha. So who helps, or maybe no, instead of helping out Agatha, I'm sorry, he's the one who actually kidnaps or captures the boys. So then we have these children against mm. him, yeah. which I, I, in my opinion is more of a silly fight and it can... Instead of them taking on military men with guns, which felt 
weird to me. Oh too, yeah, but, like when Hayward starts uh, shooting children. You're like, yeah, like, I was like, what? that's the most blatantly evil character in the entire MCU to date, counting <laughs> Thanos. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's uh, let's move on to the Soul Stone. What gave this show heart for you? I've said it multiple times, but I'm gonna just land on that it was Wanda and Vision and specifically the chemistry between Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. It was crackling. It was just sweet and warm and genuine and pure. And uh, I, I thought in particular that last moment um, where um, I'm getting kind of choked up talking about it. Like uh, we've said goodbye before. So it's the insta reason we'll say hello again. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just said that was beautiful. It's a beautiful sentiment. Without getting like way into the weeds, it kind of speaks personally to how I view uh, the afterlife and existence. And I, I kind of think the universe teaches us that you know energy can't be destroyed; it just changes form, and we're all recycled. And some part of us lives on. And and so I I, uh, I thought that they really stuck the landing there. I, I I cared so much about these two characters who, throughout the MCU, have been. Um, mostly just really cool action figures with cool lines here and there. And they ended up making me care about them as much as I care about all of my favorite main, you know, A-list MCU characters. And a a large part of that was the sizzling chemistry between these two really freaking talented actors. Uh, Andy, what was your soul stone? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll agree with that, and I'll say that the the second to last episode where we get to kind of explore, um, oh my gosh, Wanda's backstory. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Previously, um, I felt yeah. that was it. Might not have been the most action packed episode, but I think it was crucial to setting up the kind of emotional release of the of the last episode. Right, like we as an audience, we needed to understand all of that. We needed to make those connections to truly comprehend just the gravity of loss that has always followed Wanda throughout her entire life. Um, It's mind-nubbing, honestly, uh, to think about losing her parents, losing her sibling, and then having to lose vision three times. Right. Yeah. Three times. Two Um, of which were, like, willingly. Right. Right. At her own hands. Um, and so, yeah, it is, uh, I, I felt that that they did a really good job of adding the gravity and the weight to those situations. Uh, and I'll say too, that, um, I hope that they continue to, like I mentioned earlier, a a difference between movie Marvel and TV show Marvel. I hope they continue to use these TV shows as a way to really deepen and connect these backstories from these characters, these almost side characters yeah. that we love yeah. so much, but want to connect to more. And I'll say, after I finished WandaVision, I used last week to rewatch uh, Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, and this then Endgame. I did too. <laughs> and it hits different. Oh, it hits different now. This retroactively and in a good makes way. Age of Ultron better. Like it really, yes. truly does. And I think, Andy, I think a thing that you're saying, and I, but uh, I, I want to kind of like pontificate upon it, is that we have watched 
wanted to say goodbye to Vision multiple times and that I think the ultimate magic trick of this show was there at the very end while I was crying and I was emotional that in that moment we've said goodbye before so Tian's reason will say hello again it didn't hurt the same way when you when you watch mm-hmm. her choose to kill him in, in Infinity War and then Thanos reverses time and murders him that horrible red wedding game of thrones feeling is not mm-hmm. what i felt at the end of this at no, no at the end of this i felt andy going to college and woody waving goodbye <laughs> you know like it was like <laughs> like yeah uh, yeah it was way more of a pixar kind of cry uh than in the infinity war where you're just like you murderer you know <laughs> and and that and to me to me like when you sit down in the writer's room after endgame and you say okay we're making a show about wanda and vision that and it's that in itself right there what you just said is i'm sure the pitch they made you know that's what they discussed is they didn't get to say they didn't get a proper goodbye they didn't get uh, this this you know she's grieving hardcore and we need to the wanda vision ends the way that you know end game should have ended you know i say should have obviously that's you know or infinity wars i mean not end game but uh anyway um yeah what, what were we talking about soulstone did, <laughs> oh, soul did you have a different answer other than the sizzling chemistry of Elizabeth uh, Wilson and Paul Yeah, I, you know, I there's a lot, and I, I think I'll sum it up just by saying, kind of going a little bit off of what Andy was talking about, the relationships overall, the, the way that this show, the first time that we've ever seen something like this, uh, bring in so many, f- like, favorite side characters and then develop them together in ways. Like, that episode four where we get Jimmy, Darcy, and Monica... And, I mean, Monica's new, but Jimmy and Darcy we know and love from other things, or maybe not so much love Darcy, but I love her now from this show. Uh, <laughs> right. And, you totally. know, getting getting these new, like, it feels very comic booky, right? I mean, mm-hmm. to me, it feels like you can you can have these crossover characters uh, and, and it doesn't feel weird because all, they all share this world, so why aren't we seeing them interact more, you know? Um, so, to me, the, the best moments were the ones that uh, reminded us uh, that this is a shared universe with other things. Like, you know, just to drop one more, um, when she, you know, we're talking about the Scarlet Witch stuff, right? All this, uh, these prophecies of the Scarlet Witch and her being more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. And you're not, you, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, ooh, yeah, we're going to di- dive into that in a year. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. just those little moments um, to me were, were my favorites. Uh Obviously, the ones you guys talked about too, but I'm trying to be different. Damn it! I know it. Yeah, it. it yeah. It's okay. I like. I like clearly. I like bad and clean the up. The sizzling I like chemistry between. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so how do you, I, I'm getting this episode sponsored by uh, sizzling. Oh, actually, can we take a break with our ad really quick? Yeah, yeah we gotta take good. a break. Uh, is your life just lacking in passion? Try sizzling hot chemistry from Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Sizzling hot. Yeah, it's so hot it'll it'll burn you. All right, and we're back. Uh, you know we got to pay the bills. Uh, How did okay. you land that one, Ben? That was good. Yeah, sizzling hot chemistry. I had to make some calls. All right, we're yeah. running long. Yeah, so so ephemeral. I'll go fast. Uh, Power Stone. Who won the season? I'm gonna go with director Matt 
Shackman, who was the main <laughs> uh, person behind the scenes shaping the overall. Are you laughing because that was your answer too? I thought you were gonna say director Hayward. Director Hayward <laughs> for, for shooting a gun at children. <laughs> Uh, so yeah i just thought uh you know we keep using the word vision and i can't tell if it's because it's the right word or because vision is in the title of the show uh and in fact it's in the title of our show twice but i i just thought the overall execution of of the visual style the visual language the vibe the commitment to making sure that you had props masters and costume designers and and dps who were studying the actual different periods all of that from from the documentary appears to ultimately fall on Matt Shackman, who is kind of a jack of all trades. Look at his filmography; he's been all over. He's done "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," "Game of Thrones." He's acted in '80s sitcoms. I think he was a guest star in an episode of "Different Strokes." Like, uh, just yeah, yeah. Cr- crushed it. And and he was the Rosetta Stone, I think, that made all of these different languages make sense together. So uh, yeah. that that's my answer. Uh, yeah. How about you guys? Um, I think, uh, you know the. Uh, there's an obvious answer in my heart that it's it's got to be uh, Wanda and Vision, um, obviously because that's it's their show and they pulled most of the emotional weight. Uh, but I do want to give a special shout out to Catherine Hahn uh, because that part was made for her. Yeah. Like she she's a phenomenal actor um, who really knows how to. Uh, play extreme characters, like play uh, heightened characters. And the way that she was able to chew the scenery and like really just go full witch, uh, I really appreciated that. And it was really fun to watch. Kind of an impossible acting role, to be frank. Like, 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 (laughs) I like, there were moments in that finale where I was like, how is she doing this? Like, 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 (laughs) it it, like pulled me out in a good way. Like, I like, I I Uh can't imagine going from like the sarcastic neighbor to this you know like wow yeah what a, what a journey justin who won um who won who won uh you know i we've talked a lot about um monica's like uh origin story and how she was kind of given this backdoor pilot and that kind of thing in this in this show and but to me and i gotta say i think the person who won is clearly wanda um, the character of Wanda Maximoff was given an origin, a new, uh, an origin story that she was not given before, right? A mm. vision was clearly crafted, you know, in my opinion, Age of Ultron is more of a vision movie than a Scarlet Witch Quicksilver movie. Um, and even though he only comes in at the last, like, half of it, uh, to me, Scarlet Witch, it was, she was, it was more of like an afterthought in that movie. I, I didn't really buy into her origin. I didn't really fall in love with the character. Um, and, you know, the more that we got of her, the, the following movies, I was like, man, she's she's really developed, but she's not, she's still not the Wanda, she's not the Wanda and the Scarlet Witch that we know from the comics and that I, you know, that I, we know that she could be. And this show, it, I mean, yes, Vision, Paul Bettany was fantastic, but what this show did for Wanda as a character and what that means for her moving forward as the most powerful magician in the entire world uh, is huge. And I, I'm very excited Absolutely. to see where that leads her as a character. So this was game-changing for her uh, in, a, in the best way. Totally agree. Well, that's a great pivot for the final stone of our gauntlet, the Mind Stone. 
We are now that we've seen the whole thing. We're gonna predict what what's next in the next. Uh, let's limit it to the next year or two of the MCU. Uh, what what what's coming mm-hmm. up next? Specifically because of the events of WandaVision. I'll start with a little bit of a. I think outside of the MCU. Uh, I, I do predict that the number one couples costume this year at Halloween will be Vision and Wanda, and specifically the Malcolm in the Middle episode, like the '90s throwback ones. I think you're gonna see. A or lot of those. Oh. alternatively, Agatha and Senor Scratchy. Oh, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Yes. Uh, okay. So, um, I I think that obviously this is a big big tie-in to. Uh, the, the Doctor Strange sequel, Wanda will be a part of it. Her getting the boys back will be part of it. Speed and Wiccan will be a part of the MCU. They're not, we're not done with them. Um, obviously, that post credit stinger backs that up. But even as they were saying goodbye and that scene was heart-wrenching, there was a feeling to me of like, they're not just going to, like, Speed and Wiccan will be a bigger part of this. And it wouldn't shock me if this is how we get them aged up a bit, right? Is that she goes to find them and wherever they live, the realm that they're in 10 years have passed and now they're 24, you know, or whatever. And uh, I I think that would be an interesting workaround to have, have them be adult aged or, you know, at least like older teenager aged. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I continue to stand by my theory. We are clearly building to a young Avengers Disney plus series. I can't wait for it. Uh, I think it's going to happen a little bit more slowly than I had hoped because we got to get Speed and Wiccan out. And it does seem like Monica's maybe going to go off on some secret or Z kind of stuff. But I stand by it. Kate Bishop Hawkeye is just around the corner. We have every reason to think that Patriot is maybe going to be in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, uh, the There are all sorts of casting choices in Doctor Strange that would suggest... Um, that that will continue to set that up. So th- those are my my two main ones. Oh, Justin, ha- have you you oh, thought have, about this? Have you percolated? I have a lot. Yes. I have a lot. Well, right. Uh, <laughs> we, we see the conspiracy. Well, let me, he has let me wheeled start. out the conspiracy board. So, okay. Mm. Uh, let me start by saying... <laughs> Great folly work there, man. <laughs> thank you. Uh, let me start by saying, yes, I agree that I think Young Avengers is coming. I've, I I know that you're really on board with Monica being a part of it. I do not believe Monica will be a part of it at all. Um, you can sell me on that. You can sell me on uh, that. Yeah. But I, and I do think Tommy and Billy are coming back. I do think they will be aged up. So I think this is probably the end. This is the last we've seen of these 10-year-old boys that are playing them. But I think that they're not going to be nearly adult age. I think they will be in their teenage prime because to me, the young Avengers is the equivalent of the teen Titans. Sure. And you need them to be teenage in order for this to work. Um, (laughs) Like high school aged. Um, So, so that's where I think we're going to go with that. Uh, A few others that directly stem from WandaVision. Um, What if I just like started talking about my overall MCU? (laughs) (laughs) theories? Um, So the Eternals. Yeah. Let me wipe off that part of the whiteboard here. Uh, mm-hmm. so vision, white vision, of course, is out there in the world somewhere. Just um, left. That was, I, I think... thought one of the most shocking parts of the episode. You're like, white vision's just gone. He just left. Well, he... I feel like he's just like sitting on the moon, like thinking about. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Very Dr. <laughs> Manhattan. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think he will return of course, but here's my theory. I don't think, I think him and Wanda are. Are done i think oh i would be I bothered think, if they have a romance yeah 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 i i mean even though he has those memories this is this is not the man she fell in love with no, and so no. 
I personally think, and, and it, it totally feeds into what the comics have done a lot in the past, because Vision has been destroyed, reborn, destroyed, reborn so many times, and every time he comes back, it's, it's, he's a, it's a different iteration of him, and, you know, anyway, point being, uh, I just want to throw it out there to the people, like, don't get your hopes up for Wanda and Vision, like, reunited, like, I think this was what we got, this was an, a, a, you know, a nine-episode arc of what their life was together, of their marriage, of their family, of their love together, and I think that's probably where it's gonna end, and I think that's where it should end, personally, um, <clears throat> uh, the, uh, Agatha, um, will be back, and I, I am 90% sure she will be back in uh, Doctor Strange, mm -hmm. Multiverse of Madness. They're going to need her. They're going to need her grasp on dark magic. They're going to need her. She's going to become an anti-hero. We know it. We've seen it happen. She's going to be Wanda's new mentor. She's going to teach Wanda how to use dark ma or chaos magic, I think. Is she the new Loki? <clears throat> oh that'd be sick yeah well loki's <laughs> not gone though right i mean <laughs> yeah i know but like the new new loki yeah yeah obviously <laughs> the new new loki <laughs> justin uh one thing I, I have two more things um um real quick the billy and tommy thing it was really interesting word choice she says thank you for choosing me to be your mom when she mm -hmm. says goodbye to them I had Which that thought felt too. So weird. Are, do they already exist somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Or did she pull them from another reality? I, I thought I, that was very because, like, I will say, I I often will say to Iris, "Thanks for letting me be your dad." Um, like, I that is like a weird, clunky thing that I think parents will say. But I'm with yeah. you. It 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 could like screenwriting is deliberate, you know. And 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 I I, I that 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 there was a flag that went up just a little bit there for me as well. I, I, that yeah. piqued my interest. Yeah. Uh, okay. The final thing is Monica. Um, now I know everybody's pointing to her being in Captain Marvel two. I personally don't think, I, I think she may have like a scene or two in that movie, but to me, Captain Marvel two is going to be about Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel and their superheroics kind of getting away from more of the military aspects that were in the first one. Got At it. least that's what I hope it is. I think Monica, I think this tease is amping, is ramping up for Secret Invasion, which has been confirmed is coming to Disney Plus, starring Samuel L. Jackson. I think it's going to be Monica and, and Nick Fury taking on, you know, the intergalactic war that is the scrolls and the sure. Kree and all that stuff. Uh, Hopefully, that's some where ben I think Middleton she's going to have a. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Ben Middleton will be there for sure. I hope so. But uh, anyway, that's those are my theories. Great. Andy, any theories? Um, I just a thought, really, especially after what you said, Ben. The idea that if these kids are still out there somewhere, does that mean that the Hex Vision is still out there somewhere too? Like in whatever alternate universe that the kids are in? Like, did she create the kids and now they have just been transferred to an alternate reality? Or... I don't. I don't know what to to make of the re, of the um, the rules of this. Right. I magic. do feel like <laughs> the one workaround they could have is that they're they clearly had powers, and that um, you know because Wiccan does have magic powers of sorts that are kind of like you know uh, analogous to his mom's that maybe mm -hmm. in some way he was able to i, I think they they can write it in a like, way where the kids are alive but vision isn't because we never saw them dissolve also that also that 
So yeah. it's it's potential that maybe yeah he used Wiccan used his powers to maybe put them in a little protective I, bu- bubble exactly. or transport them exactly. somewhere else. Yeah, possible. okay. Yeah, I think they yeah. can make that work. But yeah, well, I can get there. That. We go. Let's snap that. Boom. Half of one division is now destroyed. Uh, yeah, oh. it's uh, the odd number episodes. Strangely enough. Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, uh, Andy, I'm so glad you got to hop on this. We've been teasing it the whole, yeah. whole season. It was Andy. All- Thank you. I was the big Andy reveal. I was the along. cameo at yeah. the end. Yeah. <laughs> Andy all along. <laughs> uh, any last comments, guys? I, I, I just have like this little thing that I really liked this detail from the documentary, which was that in the black and white episodes, the reason that Vision's face was painted blue uh, when they were doing the shots was because for color correction back in that period actresses would actually wear blue lipstick bright blue lipstick because it shot as red lipstick and they realized that for him to look like he had red skin in the black and white color correction they needed to have his face be blue and i just thought that was a cool like how things get made detail that has nothing to do mm. with the mcu <laughs> How about you guys? Any last words on WandaVision? Uh, Mount Woundagore seemed to have been shown in the end of the that last little piece there. Mount Woundagore is uh, in the comics where Wanda was born and where her you know, whole witch oh. background comes from. Um, and so when she's in that cabin and whatnot and she's kind of going through the dark hold... I'm just excited, um, but uh, that's not really... That's more of an Easter egg. Um, really, <laughs> overall, WandaVision, I loved it. I will always regard this with high memories in the same way that I do Iron Man. The first time I saw Iron Man, yeah. Um, you know, watching this week by week with my wife, uh, you know, on the couch, getting that MCU love in every every week has been has been a gift. So thank you, thank you for Wandavision. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll kind of reiterate something I, I mentioned earlier. I, I really hope that. Marvel continues the blueprint that they laid out with this first MCU TV series of being able to really develop emotional connection for these characters. Because with the movies, I feel like they're great and I love like how action-packed they are and it's very exciting. But there's always so much story to tell that we miss out on the the depth yes right we have to we have to get so much in that we can't always dig deep into some things and i really appreciated it that they were able to do that in wandavision and uh, i hope they keep it up with the oncoming tv i always think of that part the dinner party scene i guess not dinner party but the party scene in avengers age of ultron as this great like character building moment for so many of those and we basically got good chunks of this season of television were were that scene you know where we really get to get to know these characters Mm -hmm. i'm with you i think that's where uh where the disney plus shows can thrive the absolute most that's that's a good call there well, great. Well, that's the end of WandaVision Vision. Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason. We'll say hello again in some <laughs> form uh, as we discuss Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Stay tuned. It, you know, stay subscribed to these podcasts. Um, it'll be in the same feed. Uh, different artwork, different name of a show, potentially different configuration of hosts, but some some form of this will will go on to be a, a weekly recap show of 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I truly cannot wait for. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself over the next few weeks. Uh, now that I don't have weekly Marvel installments, I've become spoiled, truly spoiled. Well, thank you guys so much. Andy, thank you for finally hopping on an episode. I'm so glad we made it work. It was Justin, a pleasure. thank you for for being. Thank you for Andy for letting me borrow Justin for the season. Uh, he <laughs> it was the business uh, quite well. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Justin, for co-hosting this with me. I had so much fun, and uh, yeah, my pleasure. This was, a, yes. this was a blast. All right, uh, we're not. We weren't ever good at ending these, so I think it's pretty good. Okay, <laughs> bye. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.